Hello and welcome to the Hit Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm your host, Dave. Welcome to episode 40. Episode 40. All right, we're getting there. Over the hill. I don't know where we're getting to, but we're getting there. Oh, what so what have you been listening to this week? Ha, I said it first. <laughs> okay, well, I've got a couple different chill things, but from some quite different places. Uh, first off, been listening to some moderately old Delta Sleep. Uh, specifically the song Sultans of Ping. It's a great band. Just It's just such chill, atmospheric, like relaxing, mathy type stuff. And also a new track from Atmosphere called Traveling Forever. I'm so glad he's putting out more music. Yeah, just uh, just came up on my release radar this week. And uh, it's a nice, nice chill beat with some excellent rapping, as you would imagine for an Atmosphere song. Every day I'm trying to master the craft. I'm living on a ladder at the same time rapping for the past. Traveling forever. Uh, what about you? What have you been listening to? So I have two fairly vastly different tracks this week. Uh, the first one I'll start off with is a 20 minute and 42 second epic from Godspeed, <laughs> You Black Emperor. Oh boy, I know what this is. Yeah, called Rockets Fall on Rocket Falls from the Yankui UXO album. Uh, it's just a, it's a gorgeous song. It's like a, a film as a song, it, basically. It really is. And then on the vastly different end of the spectrum, uh, I have the song Kesha, I Love You from the ska band Bamf from their Never Feed a Bear a Whole Pizza album or EP. Oh, God. Talk about like as different ends of music as you can get. Very, uh, very contrasting there. But if you want to listen to all these songs and everything else that we've been listening to, uh, you can find it on our Hit Shuffle Podcast playlist on Spotify, and you can find a link to that on our website, hitshufflepodcast.com. So we're going to take a short break, come back, and then Dave will start us off. All right, and we are back. So Dave, go ahead and roll your die, and let's see what you get. All right, here we go. Oh, God, it's going across the room. <laughs> Eleven. Eleven, all right. As I pick it up from ten feet away. 
Oh shit! All right, here we go. We got Glendale PD hates Daggermouth by Daggermouth. Yeah. Daggermouth. <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm yes. in. Let's fucking go. All right, and again, that is Glendale PD Hates Daggermouth by Daggermouth of the 2007 album Turf Wars. I could listen to that song and did just listen to that song over and over again, and it will never get old. Oh, my God, yeah. Very quick song, so we got quite a few listens in, and uh, still still great. Daggermouth is hands down like one of my favorites. It's definitely on my list of favorite bands of all time so sad that there's such little material yeah i know it's so good now uh there's not nearly as much on the internet as for most bands that we look up but Daggermouth is a canadian pop punk band formed in vancouver in 2004 we had canadian band on here before we've had to have had at least one can yeah uh, yeah we've had to have had a canadian band on here before right i think so we must have i don't I just don't remember. Uh, anyway, the band's name is, in fact, a reference to a one-off character in a Family Guy episode. Yeah, yeah, very early on Family Guy episode. There's a robotic fish named Daggermouth, and that is where the band got the idea for the name. Not the strangest idea we've heard. Oh, no, pop-punk band making a pop culture reference in 2005, Never. 2004? Never. Never. Never, ever. So I was looking through everything. They've had uh, three record labels in three years. Yeah, at the beginning, there was quite a lot of they signed to this label and then signed to that label. Uh, I did figure out kind of what was going on there. So they originally signed to Feeding Frenzy Records in July of 2005 uh, and then recorded their debut album, Stallone, uh, which was issued later that year, which is another great album. Absolutely. In 2000, February 2006, they signed to State of Mind Records, which is a American label, who re-released Stallone, and then they released Turf Wars. And then also it said in February 2007, they signed to Small Man Records. And I was like, how the hell are they signing to so many goddamn record labels? Small Man is their Canadian record label. Okay, so they switched Canadian labels. They switched Canadian labels from Feeding Frenzy to Small Man. So they're they are technically on they were on State of Mind and Small Man uh, for the U.S. and Canada. That makes sense. Yeah. They just, it just wasn't stated very well. Yeah. Well, you got to imagine small, you know, independent labels don't really have international distribution. Right. So you kind of gotta bounce around like that. And they did they did do quite a lot of touring in the u.s straight away yeah and some damn good tours man they toured with comeback kids set your goals no trigger i am the avalanche yeah it's just absolutely amazing i guess mid-2000s punk bands yeah that would have been those would have been crazy shows to go to and then not that long after that uh the band started having difficulties the lead singer left due to mental health reasons and then the whole band kind of stopped for financial issues among other things that'll do it yeah you know because it's not like small bands have money problems a lot or anything being you know funded by small labels and then they were working on new material in 2008 but then went on indefinite hiatus yep they announced it on their myspace blog 
as we frequently run into, because MySpace was the King. source <laughs> yeah. for bands and music and that kind of stuff back then. And there's a broken MySpace link. I haven't had one of those in a while. Good old, yeah, like it's there, but there's like nothing there. There's nothing there. All the pictures are broken and uh, MySpace. But anyway, they have been sporadically active yeah. a bit. Uh, seemed like they kind of were on hiatus pretty much from 2008 until around 2017 or so. And they reunited, uh, released a single, did a small tour in 2018. Uh, seems to be mainly Europe. And then it seems like they've done some like one-off shows or festivals here and there. Right. It's difficult to kind of... There's very little information of any kind about like what they've been up to since their partial reunion or whatever it yeah, was. I mean and then in March of twenty eighteen they had their, their single ramen noodle doodle. Yeah, so it really seemed like there was gonna be you know, there was a single, they did a tour, and then there's like nothing hardly after that. Like there's some posts on their Instagram, but most of those are just kind of promoing merch. Yeah. I mean I figured you know, with it being 2018, they put out a single. They were probably starting to work on stuff, probably getting stuff back together again. And then, you know, we had a major 2020 pandemic. <laughs> it's sad that even in this day where there's everything possible on the Internet, it's still hard to find information about smaller bands. Yeah, it sucks. So I w- I'd really like to know what Daggermouth were up to. like <laughs> Especially Daggermouth. I love Daggermouth. I really wish they'd come back and, and do another tour or put out a new album or something. It's the time, guys. This is the pop-punk revival it time. It is. It is. This is. Now's the best time to do it. Daggermouth, hit us up. Uh, now, interestingly, I, I was digging around and I found a, a YouTube video that was saying Daggermouth, the forgotten pioneers of Easycore. Yeah. Uh, which I I guess, but I also feel like they weren't... It's a bit different than like the easy core that ended up becoming super popular. Right. These guys were more the, the, the hardcore-influenced pop punk. Yeah, because like easy core, uh, if you're not familiar with this insanely niche genre <laughs> description, yeah. it's basically the late 2000s pop punk... A hardcore type of mix like Wonder Years, Four Year Strong, Set Your Goals, you know, pop punk singing melody but with breakdowns. Right. And type of thing. But Daggermouth is definitely, like you said, more of the like hardcore punk type of influence, like your comeback kid kind of stuff with the exactly. real fast drum beats and the real, you know, strumming and everything. And it's, it's almost uh, like reversed. Uh, when we get into in the song, because I feel like the breakdown is actually the pop punk most pop punk part of this song. It is. It really is. No, I mean it's, it. Yeah. One cool thing though is they also have a professional wrestler. Yes, the second time we've come across, in addition to Andy Williams from Every Time I Die, is Kenny Lush. Yeah, Kenny Lush, the guitarist in Daggermouth, went on to at least part-time be a professional wrestler yeah okay a professional canadian wrestler it says he's toured in japan and korea numerous times and i also saw i can't even remember i was in so many weird 
Reddit threads and stuff, uh, he apparently, they, I'm not sure if it was Daggermouth or another band, because most of these guys went on to be in other bands. Uh, he was the first person to both play and wrestle the fest. Oh, that's the same awesome. time, <laughs> the, same, the same the uh, same year. That's great. And he also used to use Comeback Kid as his entrance music. Which is, I don't know, there's such a weird crossover between, like, hardcore music and wrestling, which I didn't really know before, but it makes sense, it I does. guess. yeah. So, yeah, hopefully in the future we'll find more. Now that's two wrestlers and two baseball players we've come <laughs> yeah. across. Very strange. So the song itself is not even two minutes long. One minute and 37 seconds. But you get you get quite a variety of sounds. I, I have here, like, there, you get some a lot of snippets of some different punk styles all in this real quick minute and a half. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have a, a real, like, uh, what's the fucking word? I don't know. Structure? There you go. It doesn't really have a real structure as far as, like, songwriting goes. It's not, you know, verse, chorus, verse, course, bridge, whatever. But it, it definitely has distinct sections. Yeah, which is, it's funny the amount of times we come up with this doesn't follow the normal song structure. It's almost like that happens more than songs with the normal song yeah. structure. I don't know if that says something about songwriting or just what we listen to. Some of both, yeah. maybe. Yeah, so again, it's like there's just sections. We can't really say, like, the verse or the chorus uh, outside of... The breakdown's clearly the breakdown. Right, <laughs> right. But you, they get at it, it's just, like, right in your face immediately. You get this very, like, intense guitar riff that's got some real fast... Like, I think there's, like, some ra rakes in there in the middle of the chords. Yeah, and those really good snare rolls. And some very fast intense drums and surprisingly for this kind of music in this era you can hear the bass very well very well and it sounds great it, it really does a lot adds a lot to the song outside of you know pop punk and the related music tends to get a lot of bass just doing root notes and stuff right so uh we always appreciate when the bass gets to do its own thing and show off there yeah, so after those like hits and snare rolls, there's this like tiny little pick slide, and it, it just goes into some. I just I literally just wrote down just good fast punk music. Yeah, you get that. You know, if you've ever heard like a nor regular punk or hardcore punk song, you know the drums. Yeah. <laughs> it's that really yeah. fast drum beat, and you get the power chords and octave chords. Is you know basically the whole what the guitars are doing very fast drum type of driving stuff and we got some the vocals start out with a very like hardcore type of like the yelling not screaming but i guess like shouting shouting maybe. yeah yeah Um, and then switches into a little bit uh, more of like a melodic singing type of vocal. I wrote down so many notes for a fucking minute and a half song. And I lost <laughs> my place already. Uh, there's a lot happens. Because <laughs> I also have in, that there's like, these like, like the big snare roll and these big double muted hits that lead into the, what I would consider the next section of the song. But then it continues with the fast drums and these big hits and the, like the down picked single notes that they throw in that come back again later, like in the breakdown section. I still know 
Yeah, you, that's when you start getting like your pop punk. Yeah, I feel getting blended in there. I'm trying to figure out like what these sections are because I really like that transition from, I guess, what would be like the verse, like this first part with vocals, into the next part with those hits and those drums that you were talking about. It, yeah, it's like a, a feels like a pre-chorus kind of in starting to go into a chorus and then it switches up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then it comes back into that like. Well, the halftime beat comes in. This is where, like, the breakdown really hits. Yeah, you get those palm-muted power chords alternating with a, a very high, definitely pop-punky lead part. Oh, yeah. He has the breakdown chugs and then, like, the lead, the lead part that plays between them. For you know, a, you know, a couple bars, and then the vocals come back in, but it it keeps that feel. Yeah, I really like how they do that, where nothing really changes except the vocals, but it it feels more more distinct than that. Yeah. Like the second part feels like its own section, even though it's musically just basically the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. But then one thing I really do like in this song is there we've talked about this on a couple of songs before where when they're building through the song, you'll have a part that comes in, a part that overlaps it, and then stays into the next part. And then that goes, when that stays into the next part, and then that goes, and st- you know, it kind of like builds on top of itself. Like these half yeah. sections that continue over the next section that let the, the, you know, that following section come through, and then something happens over that, and then the following section, you know... I don't know if I'm explaining it well without a visual, but... Yeah, like, it pulls the whole song together more because you have parts leading across different sections where in your, like, standard pop songwriting, you know, everything's distinct. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, you don't have something from the verse that continues into the core, you know, in your kind of, I guess, normal songwriting but i like it because it it makes the song feel more like one whole thing rather than just separate parts that are like in the same key exactly i mean and this section does that really well because after that halftime section with the breakdown chugs the vocals come in and then the vocals continue and the, that guitar lead continues but the drums pick back up and the there's more chugging guitars you know it's not just like guitar hits it's an actual like riff but the guitar lead is still playing more into like another almost verse type of thing yeah is how i have it but everything's so different and so short there's not really actual verses but it's a different section with vocals over it so (laughs) exactly yeah exactly (laughs) and then they throw seemingly out of nowhere these super dope vocal harmonies in yeah, which, I mean, you go from, like, your very shouty gang vocals into, like, some very pop-punk Just really great vocal harmonies on, on the lines, I wouldn't change a single moment, and I'd make all the same sacrifices. Uh, both have really great vocal harmonies.
And you're not really expecting that at that point because they haven't really shown that at all in yeah. the song up until this point. Which then switches over to a big gang vocal, which, you know, you kind of expect that in this kind of song, but... But it's still, you know, it's it's exciting and interesting. It keeps you on your toes and you're never really sure what is coming next. <laughs> right, because, case in point, right after the big gang vocals, there's this big strumming guitar part and this just steady double bass hit kicks. Double bass kick hits. Whatever. Yeah, it gets gets into like the bit like a big last chorus type of feel. Yeah, like a big driving like yeah, almost like a big driving chorus feel. So turn the stereo up and drive. We'll meet you there. It's just one more day. And it's really crazy that we've been having this whole discussion and we're talking about a minute and thirty seven seconds. Yeah, and all this stuff has happened and it's they're still, you know. 20 seconds left in the song at this point yeah i mean i feel like this is this is as in-depth of a breakdown as we get into in a four four and a half minute song (laughs) yeah but it's all happening back to back to back super quick but it's not like frantic quick it's no it doesn't it doesn't feel you know chaotic or random you know like something like grindcore or whatever where it's just like actually you know somebody just decided to punch the keyboard or right. something yeah, this actually makes sense together you know everything flows together all the transitions are very well done and you can go from one section to another with drastically different feels and it doesn't feel abrupt or strange or anything at all yeah yeah they do a really good job why a dagger mouth have to break up i know it's so sad but then there's a you know it goes back into a straight drum beat with these big accent hits and then the song ends. And then if you're us, it just starts again right and away. And it starts right back over again because you have it on repeat. And you're going to do that anyway because it's a really fucking good song. Yeah, I mean, had to listen to it probably at least 15, 20 times maybe on repeat one. And it doesn't get old. No, it doesn't. It almost feels like you're just listening to, the you know, a continuation of a song. Like, it's just one really long song just over and over again. I don't know. It's not a super deep lyrically song not that was not the right thing to say but no it's like it's straightforward the lyrics aren't like the, i don't know this is hard to say without it coming off the wrong way like it's the the lyrics are just like straightforward yeah but it's it's still like a pretty serious uh subject matter right right they're just i mean they're simple lyrics but not simple in a bad way yeah yeah which is hard you know because it's a lot of times saying something like that can come off as a criticism and it's not you know simple is good a lot of times especially in music right and you don't want some like super deep complex you know lyrical delivery on a song like this anyway yeah like it's a minute and a half fast fast punk song you just want the guy to tell you what he's feeling just straight straight up and it's uh as many punk songs are it's about touring Yep. For the most part. And it starts off with being out on tour for a month and having great shows that were overshadowed by inflated egos. Which Daggermouth talks about a lot. Yeah. That kind of shit. They they obviously are were guys that, you know, don't bullshit and they're not about being, you know, rock stars or whatever. No, they just have fun. But apparently they ended up touring with guys that did kind of think they were big rock stars and everything a lot because like you said it comes up 
It definitely comes up more than once, that's for sure. But, you know, they never directly call anybody out. No, so, it's, no. you know, don't really know who they're talking about. But, I mean, anybody that's played any kind of shows really can relate to that to some level. There's always <laughs> a band, a group of people that either A, takes themselves, takes themselves too seriously, or B, just thinks that they're the hottest shit around and... 85% of the time they have no right to do that and it's just it is it's a bummer for everyone else because like you can play well have a great show but then a lot of the times you know the end of the night or the next time you have band practice and you talk about it, what are you talking about the assholes right <laughs> we like to wonder the fact that we still talk about the assholes that we've played shows with that make fun of the band that played before them that interacted with their audience yeah, I'm never going to let that get, go. It's never going to go away. <laughs> these type of guys always, it's the strangest things that they like take offense to or feel attacked or threatened yeah. by or whatever, you know. And in our case, it's like n nobody involved was even 1% of a rock star or big shit. Like, <laughs> we didn't even care. Like, yeah, we're, you know, we were a local band playing a small bar and we're dealing with guys who are rolling in like thinking they're Guns and Roses or something. Right. Kind of shit. And it's just like, wow. And our band made up most of the crowd. Yeah. And that's that's a problem somehow. <laughs> never letting that go. It's never going to go away. No. Nope. And you know what? I bet the dudes in Daggermouth still like text each other and like hey you remember that asshole from like that 2007 tour <laughs> probably because that's you know you got to talk about that shit when you're in bands it's just good shit and also with them being canadian you know canadians have a widely known reputation for being polite and friendly so it would make all these assholes even harder to deal with exactly and i really like the uh the next part where <laughs> says, I never thought I'd hear myself say that I'm just happy to be home again. Right. But I still know being back will get old. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that I feel that. Never going on a big tour or anything, but I, I feel that sentiment of, like, you're happy to be back and, you know, in a normal routine of something, but you want to go back and do that again. Yeah. I mean, I think partially the general feeling, it's just if you're from some place that, like, you don't like... If you go away for a while for any reason and then you come back at first, you're like, oh, yeah, like I'm back home or whatever. And that, you know, oh, it's boring. I don't like it here. Whatever disappears momentarily. Yeah. But then once you're back for a little bit, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're right. And especially, you know, punk pop punk bands, especially all about hating where they're from. Oh, yeah. If you're in a, yeah, if you're a pop punk band, you hate your hometown. I, that, that's what everybody bonded about you know it's true. started bands because like it was boring and there was nothing else to do and that kind of continues in well throughout the whole song really but the next part's talking about it, it's hard to adjust back to a normal life after coming back from tour which is kind of in what you just said basically yeah and then even the the section that follows that where the part where the vocal harmonies come in i like that part that's probably my favorite part uh yeah i wouldn't change a single moment the train wreck that i call my life i'd make all the same sacrifices to see kids that scream the words are right that's just a good sentiment yeah that's getting into the feels right there man yeah but kind of shifts shifts what he's talking about a little bit from like 
the actual ins and outs of touring uh, to him talking about like he but he still loves it and this is why he loves it and like no matter what stress or difficulties come from doing this it's all worth it to go out there and play the show right let's see those people having a good time yeah which is you know really anybody who's playing music for the music or the love of it or whatever that's that's what it's about yeah yeah (laughs) entertaining people you know because um you know to be a musician you kind of have to love music and if you love music you have used it to help you emotionally somehow (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's everything you know motivate you to work out get you through something sad enhance something that's happy i was deep well hey man he got he got (laughs) deep out of nowhere in the middle in the middle of the song but it's just you know no there's not a a moment that you know i would probably say a good majority of the people that listen to this podcast can't think back on that there is a moment and there's probably a piece of music tied to that moment in their life in one way shape or form so we all uh we all definitely appreciate the sacrifices of guys like Daggermouth going out writing songs playing them helping everybody get through life we love you Daggermouth. now more than ever now more than ever the world is a crazy awful place and we need more dagger mouth in it yes i mean i was gonna say i also really like but like i like the whole lyrics so yeah, i can't the whole just thing's keep good. <laughs> yeah i mean it's none of it's bad no so you come through that part and then you get like i never thought that we'd be here can only hope that you still care which you know any any humble band kind of has that like you play music and you want to get popular but you know a lot of times you don't think it's actually going to happen you're not actually going to be touring and playing shows and stuff and you know personally we never really got to that kind of degree but i can imagine once you start getting there you would definitely be worried that you know the kids are going to get tired of you and especially you know now there's music moves so fast it's right (laughs) i mean we've had we've had similar kind of experiences i guess you could say where we've we've had people who have followed our music careers from the beginning and have stuck with us to the various bands and things and projects that we've done that that you know at least that i still talk to or have seen post and like and you know all that kind of stuff and it is a good feeling but then there are also you know the other side of that that the song kind of gets into is there's like a, a pressure that comes along with that as the you know for the musicians right to to continue to go out there and play shows and make songs and entertain people and you know at, at the end of the day a lot of times musicians are people with quite a few problems of their own <laughs> right <laughs> which is why they're doing what they're doing yeah it's a lot more public so it's it's difficult you know and like and even as a musician like i could never write lyrics i could never open myself and my feelings up to that level i tried <laughs> but you know so it's it's kind of crazy that we got a minute and a half punk song and we've gotten into appreciating musicians for all way too for us (laughs) but i mean just goes to show you like the the lyrics to anything can be deep and meaningful yeah even if they're not written in an overly wordy or poetic type of way exactly this is one of the most serious emotional discussions we've had on this it really is too and it's like the the least emotional song we've ever done. Yeah, not what I would have guessed when Daggermouth came up. That this is where we'd end up. We just had a we just had a song about war. 
didn't didn't get this deep <laughs> three episodes ago. No, I have to say, in the lyrics or anywhere online, there's I, there's no clues about the song title. Yeah, one of the, I, I was hoping there was a story somewhere in an interview or, or anything. It's but ter- I want to know what happened. I would imagine since the lyrics are talking about a tour, it would probably relate to something that yeah relate to something that happened on that tour but normally for something like that there's some story from some interview from some website in 2007 but i could not find anything no it's got to be good though yeah and i also have to wonder because there's numerous glendales throughout the country so true i would assume california because that would probably be the one everybody knows but then like personally i would think of glendale in arizona first because right (laughs) i used to live there so Glendale PD somewhere hates Daggermouth. Maybe multiple. If you are Daggermouth or in the Glendale PD and know, <laughs> know this story. story, please reach out and let us know. We would love to find out what happened. Daggermouth, hit us up. Rufio, Lit- if you know the story <laughs> of what happened to Daggermouth, hit us up. Oh, God, Rufio, man. The, the list grows longer. I'm, I'm never going to stop adding to it. Nope. And Rufio's always going to be... They're the first. ...going to be on it. You know, I hope one day somebody from Rufio catches this and sends something to us, because that would just be hilarious. Probably a cease and desist. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I feel like... How many other people are out here on the internet in 2023 talking about Rufio? Not to completely change the subject, but I just introduced somebody to Rufio like three days ago. So Oh, see, there you go. We're spreading the good word of Rufio. <laughs> like, literally a few days ago, I was like, hey, you need to listen to this. Well, Rufio's a dope band. Like, If you like that kind of music and you don't know Rufio, you need to know Rufio. Exactly. But back to Daggermouth, who's <laughs> just as important. This went off the rails, man. Eh, well, I mean... Not, n- not a lot about the band or the song and i gotta get serious sometimes i feel like oh yeah i mean the other thing i just i really like the the ending of the song the lyrics so turn the stereo up and drive we'll meet you there it's just one more day and all i've got to say is that you guys are all i need oh right yeah i was gonna i was gonna bring that up before i got sidetracked but it's just a great you know like every other part of the lyrics that we brought up you know and that's that's definitely some feels too, man. Of like, got, you know, turn the stereo up and drive into the show. Like, now I feel like they he also that was meant to be mo- both like not just the fans but like the band too. Like, yeah, everyone involved. It's kind of okay. You guys go to the show. We'll go to the show, and then We're that's what we all time. need. And like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we all need to get through. Uh, and unfortunately, there's no Daggermouth shows to go to. <sighs> Maybe one day. Reunite, guys. Alright, so again, that song and deep emotional discussion <laughs> was about <laughs> Glendale PD Hates Daggermouth by Daggermouth of their 2007 album Turf Wars. And we'll be right back. Get Mass rolling his song.
All right, and we are back. Matt, it's your turn to roll. So let's see what you get and try not to get 19 or 20 this time. <laughs> Bet. I didn't get a 19 or a 20. I got an 18. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you said don't get a 19 or a 20. So I didn't. Yeah, you didn't. You, you got as close as possible. Maybe I should start picking my lowest rolling die before I go into this podcast. Yeah, I don't know. See, I, I only have one, so I don't get to pick. But oh, you see, keep I... getting all these loaded ones and got to shuffle for three weeks. Right. Let's see what we get. Okay. I could fuck with this. We got postcards by the band With the Punches. Ooh. Should be a getting good one. A, get, uh, getting a pop, pop punky episode here. It might be another short one, but who knows how emotional we're going to get this time. All right, and that was the song Postcards by With The Punches off the 2012 Seams and Stitches album. Oh, God, this episode's really taking me back. Dude, it's so it's a very pop-punk-heavy episode to, of two of my favorite bands, too. Good, good stuff. Now, there's not a whole <laughs> lot of information about With The Punches online, surprisingly. I don't understand. that. Like, there, there's no Wikipedia of any kind. It's, so we're going off of like I, website I, bios and and releases and, and, and things thought, that we could find. I thought this was a fairly well established band. So did I. <laughs> Apparently not. This is this is down there with like the least information of any band we've ever tried to look up. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. But got I mean, you. they were they were formed in Newburgh, New York, in early 2008. They have uh, Jesse Vidala on vocals, Dustin Wallace on guitar and vocals, Shane. Oh, I'm going to butcher this last name. Mazikian? Mazikian? I don't know. Sorry, Shane. On the drums. I'm sure he's Viz used to it. I'm sure, yeah, probably. Shane M. on drums. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Hardy. Vinny Gazzardi on guitar and vocals. And Mike Corvasti. Cor I'm going to fuck this one up, too. Corvasky? Corvace? Why y'all have Mike's, so many hard-to-pronounce names? <laughs> So that's three guitarists? Two guitarists, three vocalists. Okay. I don't know. And I found out in doing the research that the band that I've mentioned in our listening to in episode 34, Keep Flying, Dustin Wallace is also the guitarist for them, who I had seen literally up the street from my apartment, which is insane. And I did not know that until yeah, this what? very moment. The the weird coincidences and connections and stuff that we come across is it, it's crazy. <laughs> and now I'm bummed because I was chatting with Keep Flying, a couple of the members of Keep Flying while I was there, and never talked to Dustin. It sucks. If only you knew. Well, you know, if there only there was any information online. Exactly. <laughs> but to start off, they released two EPs, uh, Keep It Going and It's Not the End of the World, which are just absolutely phenomenal eps and they compiled both of those into a, a full release called farewell a compilation release technically uh where you can listen to all those tracks in one place i highly recommend going and listening to it 
They signed to Doghouse Records in 2011, and that's when they released their only official full-length album, Seams and Stitches. Again, another band that's really good and has a really sadly small amount of material. This is... It sucks. The theme of the episode, I guess. Apparently. Underrated pop-punk bands that needed to have, like, five more albums. (laughs) Right. Because, again, these guys have been on a hiatus in 2013. They would occasionally play reunion shows here and there, mostly on the East Coast. And, uh, but they reunited in 2022 and actually released a new EP, Discontent, which, of course, is really fucking good. So a little bit better of a situation than with Daggermouth because they only did one song. Right. Yeah, they actually got together and put out a full EP. But And hopefully more going forward. Maybe. We can only hope. I had to get information from Last FM. Yeah, man, this was really like dredging the bottom of the Google search here. Like, half of my stuff came from the bio on their Tumblr. Yeah, yeah, that too. Like, it's it's crazy. I would not have ever guessed there was such a small amount of information about this band. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 incredible because like when you look through, like even just looking at their Spotify, when you go to this album the the top song harvard on the hudson from this album has over six hundred and twenty two thousand plays which is which is not a small amount no especially considering you know the it's a pop punk band and the album came out in 2012 yeah their 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 main song like their their number one song on spotify is almost two million plays pretty solid again you know about thirteen thousand monthly listeners so like you know, more solid numbers for a pop punk band. And yet somehow I still managed to come across a broken MySpace link. Well, I mean, anytime <laughs> we get into this era or style of music, it's inevitable. The broken MySpace link will come up. See, that's all lost information. Because a lot of this stuff is apparently nowhere else on the internet. Right. Which is a bummer. Because, I mean, just like Daggermouth, these guys deserve way more recognition. So I guess we'll jump right into the song because we've told you everything we can find about with the punches it's a good fucking song it is now this is kind of the same kind of up the same alley as dagger mouth but it, it, it's a bit different this actually has some sort of structure to it yeah this is there's verses there's choruses there's uh there's a pre-chorus pre-chorus is actually one of my favorite parts <laughs> it's good but you'd start off with this like arpeggiated guitar part, bass hits, super chill, sounds really good. The drums come in, and then another lead line shows up on the left side. Yeah, the uh, the guitar is like the the panning and the the production and engineering and everything of it is really really unusual here. <laughs> yeah, it really is. There's a lot of hard pan, like split hard panning the guitars, which isn't that unusual, but it does kind of give a unique sound when all your rhythms on one side right and your leads on the other side because it goes to this whole like big intro and there's this like big snare roll and there's a pick slide and then you finally get into some some vocals Yep, you got the verse and you've got that same fast punk beat. That's right. <laughs> that every every fast punk song has that beat. Now this is that more like traditional pop punk style. You got the punk drums, 
you got some power chords, you got some octave chords, and the the you know the super super quick vocal delivery. Yeah, they have a bit of the more pop punk tone and less of like the hardcore punk yeah. tone. But he does he does have a little bit of that like shouting type right, of delivery right. in the verses. It's just not as rough. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit. It's definitely like I would consider it cleaner than Dagger Mouth. Yeah, but he does get he does get some decently raspy at points, and he's a really good transition between the clean and kind of raspy vocals that he does. And there's a lot of vocal doubling in this song that I noticed. Yeah, not much like harmony or backing vocals, but a lot like just straight the like actual double lead, double tracked vocals, uh, which is cool because it gives it a lot of like depth sound wise. Yeah, and this is this is not a particularly deep sounding uh mix here <laughs> no so then after you go through those you know the punk drums power chords octave chords you get hit with this like almost seemingly out of nowhere pre-chorus with this climbing guitar part Yeah, and like I was saying, this is one of my favorite parts. It just comes in and like the the way the lead guitar climbs here with, and the drums is really cool. And then it's it almost feels like a half pre-chorus. It is. Like yeah, it goes into the chorus sooner than you think it should. Yeah, it's just the single line, the, that one riff, and then you get hit with that that big chorus with a guitar lead line. There's a double vocal. It sounds like there's a really slight vocal harmony going on. It, it's it's hard to hear some stuff on here. Yeah, but like, it sounds like it's purposefully buried just to kind yeah, of I add some, you know, a little bit to it. The vocal sound they were going was pretty much just like the lead vocal. Not yeah. a whole lot of anything behind yeah. it or anything. But it's a really good chorus. I mean, it's it's catchy. The 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 melody's really good. Yeah, I really like you got the, the you know, your power chords for the rhythm as, of course, it's punk or pop punk music. But it's like the lead's kind of like doing a similar arpeggio thing to the beginning, but it's like much slower and much more broken down. Yeah. Like more single notes kind of ringing out, which is, you know, that was a definite pop punk sound at the time. But like that, it, was, it works great. There was a reason a lot of people did that. Yeah. Uh, and it fits really well here. And then you get this like big, what I call big, like a fast tom snare drum part. I forget like the actual name for what that kind of style is with the bass and like a a super like eq'd vocal part yeah the second verse first uh, first part of the second verse <laughs> yeah is a really cool sound here like i love Whatever style of drum roll that is, I'm sure there's, like you said, there's a name for it, but I can't remember. Uh, and the bass sounds really cool here. Yeah, it is. It's it's a really good tone. And the part itself is really cool. And then there's a little pick slide that brings back in the power chords and octave chords, you know, pop punk verse. And like the, the lead part in this part seemed really, really high to me. Yeah. <laughs> like he was really climbing up the neck on this part. And you get same pre-chorus again. Yeah. Like, I just, I love it. It's such a good transition, and it's short to the point, and it leads into the chorus really well. And, yeah, that chorus is the same. It's just another chorus. 
it switches to halftime for the second part this time. Well, it does. It goes into the same sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, it goes into that, like, the more... Again, couldn't think of the name of it, but I just thought it called it a, it's a more detailed drum snare tom part. Because this has the like the bigger, not slower drum part, but like the more you know, there's more parts to it. And then there's the lead line going off in the left ear. There's like the super muted chug guitar in the right, and then the vocals come back in to hit you with the heavy muted guitar riff. That's a really cool part, and it built it builds up, but then not. It doesn't build up to what you would expect. No, I mean it, it does. It goes through it twice, and there's a big vocal harmony on the second time through yeah, and he's kind of ramping up the intensity of the vocals like it yeah. starts out cleaner and then he's like pushing more and getting more rasp and break up as he builds at that end part And this time you get a double pre-chorus. Yeah, I really like that they like took it and then the lead part gets kind of uh, embellished. Yeah, so it goes through like normal once and then the second half of the repeat, it does like the big flourishes on the on the lead line. Which I, you know, I always say I love when people take parts of the song from earlier and then do like a modified version of it later on. Yeah, this is a really good example of that. Yeah, because it's like, it's a really simple part. And then this last time, like, you know, it's the big final chorus because they kind of amped it up. And then that second time through the lead guitar gets, you know, kind of like a solo type of like he's doing like some bends and, and squealy type of stuff. It's really different from anything else in the song. Yeah. Yeah. And then that leads you into your classic double chorus. But on the second repeat of the chorus is where everything changes not everything changes but is where it gets more detailed they start throwing in more stuff it kind of shifts to like i would say it shifts to like the outro yeah but the outro is a modified chorus yeah it's a, it's, it's, it's a modified second chorus because there's like this big how <laughs> i couldn't did you i don't know if you looked this up or could find anything could you find what he was saying in the background uh, I couldn't. Like, I couldn't it's, make it out, and it doesn't look like it's written anywhere. I didn't find lyrics that had that part in it, and I could not. Like, I was trying to listen and, you know, squeeze the headphones yeah. to my ears, but it, it's very, very down in the mix, which I'm sure is intentional. Right. But, I mean, it, it fits really, really well, but I would like to know what he was saying, because it sounds cool. Usually those parts are a little bit louder, so if you're really trying to, you can kind of pick it up, but this one is really buried down. <laughs> and the vocal melody itself is up higher, and, you know, it doesn't, like, go up and down, up and down. It kind of stays high, and it's a lot harsher than, than it was previously. Yeah, it's a really interesting kind of, with his voice, you don't normally hear this kind of, like, 
I don't know, combination of like the higher pop punk tone with like the rasp to it. Right. So what it almost feels like is they took what could have ended up being like, say, if he went through the regular chorus the second time, the similar or kept the same vocal melody. If you took this, the vocal melody that he changes to would have made a really good harmony. But they took yeah. it, instead of making it a harmony, they made it the main vocal lead and uh, gave a little bit more harshness to it as the focus, as, as opposed to sitting in the back of the harmony. And there's like bigger, these big drum hits that happen during it. And it's just this big epic, you know, it's it's the build, it's the ending to the build up that they've been doing for, you know, that second double pre chorus. Yeah, you, you get build up, but then you get a little bit of like, you go away from it and then come back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a really good push pull to the end, uh, to the end of the song, and then it hits out. You know, these big three big hits on the end, and he's holding out the the different here vocal, and it just kind of like builds up, builds up, builds up, and then just kind of glides out. Yeah, you get your kind of ring out, fade out, end to the song, which I don't. It's like a common thing, but we don't really get it on here that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like abrupt endings or endings that transition into other things, but the, you know, just a nice clean fade out, no repeating. You know, it's not like a repeating the chorus type of. And it, I mean, in the album also, it it works really really well. Uh, so going from postcards to the next song, home in a lighthouse. There's a you know, it's a whole different you know key changes, all that kind of stuff, go into the next track. But the fade out from that gives you a nice ending to this like really abrupt start to the next song so it fits really well in the track listing as well yeah sometimes you need a clean break yeah instead of the songs flowing together because it wouldn't the two songs go really well back to back but they would be it would be a mess if you tried to make them work well together without that break people don't always expect that kind of level of craft from a pop punk band but you can really see it here with a song like this yeah. There's a lot of little touches and, and writing things and everything that take it from being a good song to being like a great song. Yeah, I mean, this is, I, I've talked about these guys to a number of people before. And um, I always say that I think With the Punches is has one of the most underrated drummers in pop punk. Yeah, it's, you can hear it even in this song really well. Yeah. Like, this isn't like, the, the 100% like thing I would show everybody as this is the definitive reason, but. There's a lot of parts in this song that are a part of the reason why I think that that Shane needs to be discussed more when pop punk and drums come up. Yeah, I mean, you can see there's a lot of drum parts in this song that a lot of other drummers would do more boringly, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because we say simple is better a lot, but then not always. Simple and is simple can be better, but also it's really easy to overcomplicate drums. Yeah, that's that's a skill for drummers in itself is knowing when to use what level of complexity. Right. Because like, like the drum rolls in this song sound really good, but they're a little bit different. You know, it's not just a straight up like roll on one each drum all the way down, which is what some people would do in a situation like this. Yeah, but the lyrics for this song, <laughs> these are some pop punk ass lyrics. Yeah, I mean, in the Dagger Mouth, we had, you know, pop punk about touring and having a strange relationship with your hometown and if a pop punk song's not about that it's about another it's relationship, about a relationship <laughs> which is this song which is this one exactly i mean it, it it's just really well really well written too and i like that it's 
I feel like the perspective's a little bit different than usual because it's like the breakup happens partway through the narrative of the lyrics. Yeah, kind of. It's you know a lot of times it's like a afterwards like oh we you know you broke my heart and we broke up or whatever but it kind of shifts from like knowing that the relationship's over and then it gets into like the actual like talking about breaking up and then like oh are we still going to be friends kind of thing so it's I, I don't know I just felt like it was a little bit different than straight up like after everything happened right and it I mean the chorus is is I love the chorus to this song the the lyrics to the chorus uh even just like the I mean I don't want to I guess I can read them the too many postcards only decorate your walls I could have left them blank because I doubt you read them anyway I really wasn't that naive I just wanted to believe that something was different here and that's good shit like that's good writing yeah, it, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can get too cheesy and, you know, that kind of thing when you're talking about relationships. But this is, I feel like it's a good level of straight up, but then also using, like, imagery and metaphors. Right, like being in a band, being on the road, being away from somebody, you know, sending them postcards and thinking that, you know, something wasn't going on or that things weren't bad, but being, you know, aware enough to realize that, you know, not that he was being naive, but something wasn't right in the relationship. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like it's like a really real ass thing of like, you know, cause that, I feel like that would be like a thing in a relationship would be like the sending of the postcards or whatever. And then once it goes bad, like realizing like, oh man, like that was dumb. There was probably no reason for me to send all those postcards. Like right. that's, I, that, that's some real shit that people would think in that situation. Exactly. Or like knowing at the time you're, I'm sending you these, but there may not be a point. I, yeah, want, there, like, I want this to be for something, but I may be doing it. You know. Still doing the thing, even when you're kind of going through the acceptance of the relationships, not. Right. what you thought it was right. but then kind of clinging on to like the tradition or whatever in the hopes that it still is how it used to be i don't know if that was worded correctly <laughs> i don't think anything we say is ever worded correctly so you're fine there is just really good imagery in the song though i mean from the chorus and that like interlude bridge part you know and the and by the time my foot cleared your doorstep to leave you were making plans to drink away the idea of me that's, yeah, that's a real hard hitting that's part. A, you know, that's kind of a little different too, because normally it would be the person that's telling the story that like got broken up with or whatever would be the one like drinking and forgetting the other person. But in this case, it's kind of like they broke up with him, but then I don't know. I almost took it like the other person was the one at fault, but then kind of acting like the breakup happened to them when they're the one that caused it. Right. Right. There's definitely some like some layers to this one. And I I don't know for a fact, but I feel like to me this is, you know, relationship lyrics where you can tell it's something the person actually went through yeah. as opposed to just writing on the subject in general or kind of creating a situation like a lot of people do writing like this is this probably genuinely literally happened to this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's written like it, that's for sure. It sounds and feels like it to me. Yeah. But no, I do like the way they end it. Like, even though it's the same the same lyric, it's a different delivery. Yeah, doing, you know, that 
changing things the final time around musically give kind of closure to the song. Exactly. And then the, you know, I just wanted to believe that something was different here and that's what you're, you know, fading out on that, fading out on that. It was a good touch for sure. And the music reinforces the emotion that the vocals and lyrics are trying to deliver. Right. Very well made song all around. Yeah. hundred percent. Please. Some well-meaning with the punches fan go write a Wikipedia article. Yes, please. Somebody then, out there has to know all the history and can put it in one place that's easy to find because it's it's a shame that it really <laughs> is. Yeah, like, like it's not even a Wikipedia article with a couple sentences. Like it, the page does not even exist. Right, there is nothing. They deserve better. They do. Also, with the punches dagger mouth reunion tours twenty twenty four. Let's do this. Oh shit! Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm there. That'd be great with Rufio opening. <laughs> yes, with Rufio opening, we'll we'll sponsor it. We can't pay for it, but we'll sponsor it. It'd be the the Hit Us Up Festival, sponsored by the Hit Shuffle Podcast. How how does that work? We sponsor it, but we don't pay for it. Couldn't tell you. Don't know how any of that shit works. Somebody else figure it out and just put our logo on it. Hit us, hit us up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter how it works. Just hit us up. Exactly. All right, so again, that was Postcards by With The Punches off the 2012 album Seams and Stitches. We're going to take a short break, come right back, and we will wrap this all up. All right, and again, my song was Glendale PD Hates Daggermouth by Daggermouth of their 2007 album Turf Wars. And my song was Postcards by With The Punches off their 2012 album Seams and Stitches. If you liked everything we talked about today, everything we've talked about before, and you want to listen to it all, you can find that on the Hit Shuffle Podcast playlist on Spotify. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at hit underscore shuffle. We have a Facebook page, just the Hit Shuffle Podcast. And you can find all of that on our website, hitshufflepodcast.com. And if you enjoy the show, please, please uh, leave a good review or follow or like on your podcatcher of choice. It really helps uh, spread the show and get more people listening. True. And if you leave a review, I'll probably end up reading it out on here. Yeah, we'd love to shout some people out and, you know, give some love back. Truth. So now it's your turn. We're going to roll the die. We're going to give you a number. You're going to go into your shit. You're going to listen to it. And you're going to tell us about it. You're going to do it. We're not going to stop until you do. I'm going to roll this time. Let's see. Yeah, it's, I think it's your turn. Well, It's an Eight? Eight? Oh, now you can roll low, low. So go ahead and shuffle eight into any library playlist, whatever you want. Tell us what you get. Post on our, you know, socials. You can go on our website. We have a form. You can submit whatever you want. Uh, Tell us what you got. Tell us us a little bit about it. And we'll, like I said, eventually, it's going to eventually show up on the podcast. And then we'll uh, get to do something that we haven't already listened to a bunch of times. Right. It'd be cool to get some new shit that, you know, even though my playlist is massive i still want to find new things exactly always down for more new music always so for the hit shuffle podcast i've been your host matt and i've been your host dave keep on shuffling show some love to underrated Rufio. 
well, a review underrated <laughs> pop punk bands that more people need to know about. Yeah, everybody go listen to a smaller pop punk band this week. Just cause. Just do it. National Pop Punk Band Week. <laughs> Now, early so on, uh, su- go, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. No. Yeah. Okay. Fucker. <laughs>